Hello, and welcome to another episode of Casting View with your hosts, me, Dan. And I'm Lou. And each week, we'll pick a random topic and we'll cast our views on it. Not going to say the mistakes I've made for the intros leading up to this. We'll save this for the <laughs> post-credits if anyone stays this long. But yeah, well, we've got through it. How's your week, Lou? Yeah, it's been all right. Very, very, very average. Went and watched some football this weekend. Um, was at the city ground. And if there's any um, Nottingham Forest fans that are listening to us, atmosphere is absolutely unbelievable at the stadium. I have to give them a shout out. It's unbelievable. It was deafening, deafening. What did you What did you think of Richarlison? Oh, it was absolutely. I yeah, I love the shithousery. It's hilarious. The keepy uppies, the getting wiped out. Like he's literally played the perfect shithouse game. He's come on, got two Forest players booked. I think two, and then um, handed Harry Kane an assist. Absolutely, it's exactly yeah. what you want off the bench. Let's be honest. Yeah, Lou Lou went to see Nottingham Forest beat Tottenham Hotspur. So if anyone <laughs> uh, isn't aware of the football over here, I'm surprised you still got your voice because we recorded with Antonio a couple of nights ago, didn't we? So. I think when this episode goes out, I think that episode will have aired. So if it hasn't aired, it will air the week after this. But yeah, and if, if anyone's thinking, my Lou sounds sexier than normal, you pretty much had no voice in that yeah. episode. I mean, you? even even still now, it's feeling a little bit rough. So there might be periods of time where I kind of cut in and out. But I feel like I've got like my sexy rock star voice on at the minute. It just <laughs> makes me want to scream Nickelback. <laughs> I think I'm not going to speak in this episode because people are going to get annoyed with me because I think they're just going to want to hear your voice. All, all <laughs> Honestly, my girlfriend's just like, can you make your voice like this all the time? <laughs> but that's like the best part of a cold or the flu, isn't it? it? Is. is when it affects your voice, and then you're actually quite disappointed when your voice starts coming back, right? Yeah, this is the thing. Maybe what I should do is set up like an account. You know where you do personalized messages, and then when you get sick, you can turn around and do people like seductive personalized messages for them. I feel like that's a great business idea sitting there. I was at your house earlier on the day on the Saturday, and you sounded fine. And then you joined Antonio and myself. And then you just sounded like you'd actually been out before you joined us. It's, yeah, honestly, it, it, like... it, yeah, I, I sounded like a worse version of Sean Dyche. Now, for anybody listening who doesn't know who Sean Dyche is, please do look him up on YouTube because you'd understand what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you are listening to The Cult Worthy and you then listen to us, you'll probably hear a better, you, you'll be hearing a progression of Lou's voice getting better as the week goes on. Then. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, by, by, by the next episode after this one, I should be back to my... Um, really annoying pitch, which is going to be sad for me, but you know. <laughs> or, or if he releases it the other way around, you're going to slowly get worse. So, so we, we'll see when he releases. It's like, have you ever seen that interview? This is a huge tangent now. That interview with Jurgen Klopp, where he um, has the translator in his ear and he's like, oh, that is so seductive, your voice. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I, I normally have to do it through editing. So I, I might edit the, <laughs> yeah, the bass a little bit more on, on mine. Yeah, but otherwise, a quiet week, was it? Yeah, yeah, generally speaking, nothing particularly pissed me off this week, which was strange. Yeah, it was It was a really positive week, really positive week. What about you? It was fine. I went to get my hair cut earlier, and I was I was telling the, the rest of our group, at the, the hairdresser I go to, they, they do children's haircuts well, uh, boys' haircuts, but they've got a little race car for them to sit in. <laughs> and then and he got a sticker, and so the, he, he finishes up, uh, he, he finishes up, in the hair of this kid and then he goes oh do you take a seat right and I said can I get in that one please <laughs> I'm pointing it at the car and he laughs he goes well you're welcome to try get in it if you want and he said if you get in it I'll cut it I thought yeah do you know what? no 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 
<laughs> Should have done. That's what it is. Is like I feel like when you're a kid, you get all of the perks of like going and just doing normal things. Like the dentist gives you sweets and stickers. The optician gives you stickers. The hairdresser does things to like keep you entertained while you're having your haircut. It's like, why wouldn't I want a lollipop after I've been to the dentist? Why? And where, <laughs> where does that stop? At what age? What you know? What age did I stop that? Yeah, what's, yeah. What's the is, cut off? Is it an age thing, or is it just when you look too old, or is it at the point at which they've given you your first filling? They're just like, I don't think you need <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, well, c- well, can you imagine? It's like you know, you're you're six years old or whatever, and you get, or, or say you're six and a half, and you go to the dentist and you get a lollipop. Then your next appointment, you're seven, and I say. Yeah, no, you're not everyone now. The, the the heartbreak that must cause. I'm convinced that that's why people stop going to the dentist as they get older. It's literally because there's no <laughs> perks that come to it anymore. It's just all the anxiety and none of the benefit. <laughs> so if there are any dentists listening, yeah, start offering a lollipops and stickers to the adult client bases, please. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Like you, actually, it's a quiet week. It's um, bank holiday here today, so uh, bonus day off. It was actually relatively... There was nothing even major really in the news that was happening this week, to be honest, that we thought that we could talk about. No, not really. Not really. So that's why I picked a, a random one off the, the idea board, which will come to. I think it's going to be a good one, actually. Um, I'm just laughing because I'm seeing the word in my notes staring me in the face called pooing. So that will come up <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> so there's a little teaser. Well, I was going to say, in the event that you were having a slow news week, do you know how you can solve that? Well, can I? You can solve that. You can solve that with Newsly. Now, Newsly's nice. an all-in-one. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, a lovely transition, honestly. We need to get into marketing. Newsly is an all-in-one audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in not like some sort of computer-generated voice, but an actual natural human one like ours. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing so you can stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even Dan's favourite. Kardashians. The Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they even have podcasts as well. You can explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries and our podcast, Casting Views, is on there as well. They even actually have a digital radio if you're still into your radio listening. You can download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description. You can use promo CASTV um, that we've also put in the description and receive a one-month free premium subscription. I think people are going to want it in your voice, Lou. They so will do, yeah. This is what I mean. I'm new- turning around. Like, <laughs> you can are have you Lou. From, you can have Lou from Casting Views. Would you like him at full health or would you like him sick? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was literally just thinking that. Imagine in the future. I mean, we did our AI uh, episode last week. Can you imagine in the future when you've got like your your Siri or your SatNav or your 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 Alexa? And you can then not only pick the type of voice you've got, but have they got a slight cold? Have they got a head cold? Have they got a sore throat? Have they got the flu? <laughs> you know, influence it. Well, you know what? I've actually just found, a thought of something as well, because people think it's weird that I do this. Um, what voice is your Siri? I think it's the standard female. Ah, uh, see, voice. I've made mine Australian because it's just much happier, I think. <laughs> And oh, everybody, that, everybody says, "Man, like, why does your Siri sound like that?" I'm like, "Why would you want it to sound like just the standard voice?" I think the Australian accent's way better on it. Um, so yeah, shout out to all of our Australians listening because I love listening to Siri talk to me in an Australian accent. <laughs> They're probably like, "Why would he want to listen to a standard voice on his Siri, mate?" <laughs> it's brilliant. 
<laughs> Before we get into the episode, let's hear from some friends of ours. Hello, everyone. This is Brendan from the Unchefed podcast. Each week on Unchefed, we unpack a topic regarding the politics and history of our plates in the hope of becoming better eaters. That's Unchefed, available now on your preferred podcast network. It's me, Josh Scar from Talking Smack, and you're listening to Casting Views with Dan and Lou. And we're back. Actually, something I, I did mean to mention to you before the, the break, Lou. Um, it was, a, I guess it was another big week in the world of kind of like social media and sport. We had the KSI and a boxing match. It's an odd state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah. At the moment, boxing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was listening to Talk Sport on my way to, sorry, on the way back from um, Nottingham. Obviously, I was two hours. And they were talking about it and they had boxing guys and they were like, oh, we really don't want to blur the lines between like influencer boxing and proper boxing. I was like, these guys are actually fighting as pros now. There is no headgear. When you're an early starter fighter, you fight six round fights. I know that you fought two fights in one night. And in reality, it was tailor-made for him. But if we're being honest about boxing, boxing is tailor-made for all the young up and cunning talents anyway. They all have yeah. records where they're like 15 and 0 because they want to get them a good record so they become more of a draw. But yeah, it's, it is really strange to think that they will sell out arenas quicker than than actual boxers will. It's nuts to think. You think and like you said, we could do probably do an episode on this. We'll save the content. <laughs> Yeah, I think the problem with that exhibition was, well, firstly, though, I mean, he's in fantastic shape, KSI, he is, hasn't he? he I is mean, to be fair, shape. you know, so he's probably in better shape than a lot of the boxers, right? But I think it is the fact that he took on two fights in one night. That's probably what, what made it, what kind of degraded it in a lot of people's eyes, I think. It looked more like a gimmick rather than if he'd have taken on a fight like you know a single 12 rounder do you know what I mean well this is the thing originally it was supposed to be Alex Wasabi who's another YouTuber um, and I think he pulled out I think it was concussion was the reason that he pulled out so as a result it was really probably just a rushed main event where at that point yeah. they just needed to make yeah. it a draw and in order to do that they turned around and said oh well we'll put two fights on in the night but in actual fact if anybody watched the event I actually thought it was pretty good the the, the quality of the boxing is actually starting to get much much better to be honest with you as well he also had, was it Salt Pappy as well? Salt Pappy. Brutal <laughs> knockout. The guy absolutely <laughs> yeah. blasted him in like 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of final word before we move on to it. I guess that is the problem. People look at it and see, oh, it's these um, YouTubers or TikTokers. But this is the evolution of sport. It's like anything, you know, like people have gone, kids have gone away from like threshold TV. Then it was streaming. Now they're going from streaming to social media, right? And boxing, this is going to be the future. They're going to be the future of, or the or, or what brings the next generation to that sport, right? So yeah, this it's is an evolution thing. again because the guy who was on Talk Sport talking about it is a boxing commentator. I can't remember his name. It's terrible. I can't remember the actual guy that does the boxing commentary as opposed to the YouTubers. But he turned around and said he was just like when you looked at the arena, there was no like testosterone filled arena with blokes who were like vying for blood. He said it was literally a, uh, it was like basically an under 18s event. Or like people there with parents, he said, but there were also celebs knocking about, like proper yeah. British, like cult celebs that are sitting in the front row. And he said, and these guys are selling out tickets to an audience that's never really been exposed to boxing before. So it has to be only good for the sport in reality. You will get your purists that are like, oh, I fucking hate this. But in reality, it's it only changing. does good things. Everything changes. But it's like, no, the, the, the crowd was full of people who were there, but not watching the event because they were filming themselves at the event to put onto TikTok. <laughs> That's what it was. So they, <laughs> they, they weren't watching it. They, were, they had their back to it so they could film themselves in front of the, the, the ring. <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, we're not here to talk about YouTuber and TikTok boxing tonight. We are here to talk about superstitions. As you, you said last week, I like to point out the factual element first. So <laughs> I will just give a brief definition or the, or, the, or the Wikipedia definition of what a superstition is. Then we can have a, a chat about it. A superstition is any belief or practice considered by non-practitioners to be irrational or supernatural, attributed to fate or magic, perceived supernatural influence or fear of that which is unknown. It's commonly applied to beliefs and practices surrounding luck, amulets, astrology, fortune-telling spirits and certain paranormal entities, particularly the belief that future events can be foretold by specific unrelated prior events. Also, the word superstition is often used to refer to a religion not practiced by the majority of a given society, regardless of whether the prevailing religion contains alleged superstitions or to all religions by the anti-religious. And I think that's kind of what I what I had in my head. Yeah. The key question for me, actually, before we get into anything, because I've got like a little thing about subjects or areas of superstitions and then some of the more popular ones in the UK and, and where their history is rooted in. Are you, have you ever been a superstitious person? I think when I was younger, I was superstitious, but I feel like superstitions are kind of passed down generation to generation. So if you were to ask me when I was younger, it's like, oh, don't put shoes on the table. It's bad luck. Walking under a ladder. The three drains thing is always a, a big one as <laughs> yeah. well. I think they were probably the main ones that you hear. And then you hear people that like bring them up. So like my girlfriend has a thing. Is it magpies? Like if you see one of oh them, my word, I've got a luck. section on that. Yeah, yeah. that's always. <laughs> you see two of them, it's fucking good luck. It's like <laughs> the magpie one always gets me, but yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that later. Yeah, and also, um, I feel like with me personally, I experienced a lot. I had a lot of experience with you know, like dream superstition. So somebody would say, "Oh, you would talk about a dream that you had." And somebody would say, oh, you know, you lost teeth in a dream or they'd be like, oh, that's bad luck. Losing teeth means that somebody's going to (laughs) die. Do you know what I mean? That that sort of thing. Um, But nowadays, no, I'm I'm happy to walk under ladders, step on drains um, and I'm still here. So, you know, (laughs) you know, if if I'm not in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, that's that's my reckoning. So I'm not going to say I was superstitious, but I did believe in certain superstitions when I was young now. I think the main element for that is having grown up with Italian parents, there is, and we were talking about it before before it started, not necessarily superstitions, but they believe in that kind of bad luck, good luck. These things will bring you bad luck. These things yeah. bring you good luck. And, and there were certain things that really stood out when I was a kid. And when I say that, I'll, I'll come on to them shortly, but when I say when I was a kid, because then kind of when I got old enough to to challenge it in my own mind, my view is always like, like you said, a good one uh, about the the shoes on the table. Why is that unlucky? Why do you think that's unlucky? Why do you believe it? And a lot of people say, I don't know. I just told about it. Do, do you know yeah, what I mean? A yeah, lot of yeah. people do not know why they're avoiding something. For me, though, the ones when I was a kid, I think there were there were probably four, actually. I've just thought of one now. One was um, breaking a mirror is seven years oh, bad Oh, God, luck. yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I never forget every time, like if if it's not like we went around breaking mirrors left, right, and centre. But every time a mirror broke, I, I as a kid, I was really worried, you know, about yeah. the seven years bad luck. Yeah, seven years bad luck for a breaking a mirror. There was the black cat. If it cross, a black cat crosses your path, that's bad oh, yeah, luck. Yeah, God, black cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a walking under umbrella, uh, umbrella, walking under a ladder, and opening an umbrella inside. 
<laughs> the opening number <laughs> anyway, so, which you know it is. Do you know what it is as well? Do you know when you get like obviously there are adults that are still very superstitious, which is fine. But as I've gotten older, I've just realised that most of the superstitions that I was taught about when I was young, just to avoid adult inconveniences. So it's like, yeah, don't open an umbrella in the fucking house because you're gonna get water everywhere. Don't put your shoes on the table because they're fucking dirty. <laughs> well, well, that's exactly it. Now the thing is, I think we may have discussed it in the Faber episode. I can't remember. A lot of the superstitions are rooted in either ancient religion or an ancient culture which has no kind of relevance to today so this is what i find astonishing now to me it feels like you hear less about superstitions i don't hear people say superstitions so i was just wondering for you at your age and like in your group of friends do people and i actually think there are things that now we take as a natural everyday occurrence that are superstitions like i do it all the time but i don't think of it as being a superstition i just think of it as something funny to say when you say you know you say uh, knock on wood or touch wood yeah i think that comes from a superstition but i, I don't find myself doing it because it's, it's just the sort of thing you say if you if you feel like you're tempting fate but i guess that is what a superstition is right yeah 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 again the knock on wood thing's bloody good as well to be fair again it's all of these ones that you realize and do you know what it is is until people then Again, actively point them out. You're like, oh my God, yeah. How many people do you know that turn around and say, I'll touch wood? And then actively, proactively, even if there's no wood available, we'll find something made of wood or something that resembles (laughs) wood to specifically touch it. It's like almost they're seeking approval to make sure that other people that might be superstitious have seen them do it. So that can't be their fault if something bad happens. It's just as I was looking into some notes, I just thought that is something that seeped into every day. And like I said, I don't think people, when they're doing it, think it's a superstition. I think they just think it's a, a, a reaction you say. To, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, like you say, oh, I hope I have a quiet day at work today, touch wood, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, or you touch your head, you know, people touch their head if they can't find wood, you know, to make it as a joke. But ultimately, you are still, uh, what's the word? You're still succumbing to that act of trying to ward off bad luck. Yeah, and the thing is as well, when you think about it, it's even like, you know, like the principle of, oh, you've jinxed it. So you'll say, oh, you know what, it's uh, it's been a good day, da, 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 da. this has been stress-free, and people are like, all oh, right, you've jinxed it now, that's it. And then if anything kicks off, you're like, all oh, right, okay, it must have been because I mentioned it. So it's like, there's even like kind of like an, I don't know, again, in other in other countries, but specifically here, a notion of like, even the mention of something negative is almost like you bringing it on and actively, you know, encouraging it as if it's, you know, going to make something terrible happen. Well, that's it. Go into any IT support department and say, oh, it's quiet around here, isn't it? Or (laughs) or it's a quiet day. You'll get the death stares. You really will. Now, football fans do it as well. How many times have we seen like football fans or football players as well? They'll put their kit on or they'll do things in a certain way before they go to a match. And how many times have we said like, oh, our football team, we're on, a, we're on a winning run, or we've never lost to this team before. And yeah. you always turn around and say, why would you say that? You know, why would you say that? Why have you put the jinx on us? So I think we, I think now superstitions have gone into just whether something's good or bad luck, maybe, rather than it being called a superstition. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we've probably been guilty of that in actual fact with the football because it's like, oh, we have to watch the football together if we've watched the first game and, and, and Italy <laughs> yeah. have won or, and you know, and then you're like, oh, I wore a different shirt on this game or this one's my bad luck flag. It's like, you know what, even till this day, my dad's got an Italian flag that we're not allowed to get out during the football because Italy lost the 1994 World Cup final when it was out. It's like, hang on a minute. 
Well, I remember um, a World Cup. It must have been 90. It was 1990, actually. I remember watching the game, the first game at home, the first uh, the first Italy game at home, and we lost, right? I, I think we lost 1-0 to the Republic of Ireland, right? And then my cousin said, oh, why don't you come over to my house to watch it, right? So I went over to his house, watched it. We, we He gave us a bit. We had a beer as, as as the game started. Then at half time, I remember I went to the loo, blah, blah. We won, we won that second game, right? So from then on, I had to go to his house. He, we couldn't even think about being separate again. I had to go to his house. We had to open our cans of beer as the whistle went off for the first half. Bang on. As the half ended, I needed to go to the toilet. And I was doing this every game. Do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and we got to the final and you think it's because of us. You know, it's not because of the football team. It's because of us. Yeah, do you think it's like um, almost like a, a real willingness to want to be able to affect something that you have no effect on? Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, yeah, because obviously we hold the power of the universe in our hands. It was that opening that beer when that, that whistle went. It was all about that. It had nothing to do with the fact that there were 11 players on a pitch being trained, you know. <laughs> but the thing is as well, when you look at it, like there's instances of like, you know, big footballers, for instance, in like sporting events that have rituals. Like I think Cristiano Ronaldo like, has to step on the pitch with one particular foot first. And then he puts one boot on before the other boot and he has to do this jump three three times or whatever it is. So it is yeah. just a thing that, that, you know, even people that are particularly skilled have still got some sort of like overriding perception that these rituals will help basically. So do you think then that it's not that people necessarily, right, how do I word this? Not that people necessarily believe that, they, that they're they going to bring on bad luck if they do something, but it's it's a fear. It's like you almost, you don't want to tempt fate. It's like, well, you never know. what's a, If I do this, what's the harm <laughs> if I do this? You know, if I, if I put my left boot on before my right boot. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is the thing, because I feel like you you do you take one instance where you're like, OK, we're getting rid of this. And then all of a sudden something doesn't go your way. And again, was it Jack Grealish who wore the same pair of boots for like four seasons straight because he had one good season and then immediately had to. And like when he was young, that's why he wears his socks low, because now oh, I had a really fantastic season when I was at youth level. And now I need to wear my socks at that height. It's crazy when you think about it. But well, I think do you remember Paul Lintz? I think he used to put his shirt on when he got onto the pitch. And it probably stems to a fact that he was late one day, ran out onto the pitch as he was putting <laughs> yeah. shirt on, scored a hat trick, and then was like, oh, I've got to fucking do that every week. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, maybe it's just people don't want to be, don't want to call something superstitious. I mean, I remember the, the thing about the ladder thinking was really silly quite early on. I mean, I won't walk under a ladder if there's someone on it, but I think that's common sense. Do, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I don't want them dropping a bucket of paint on my head or a bucket of water if they're a window cleaner. I think walking under a ladder with somebody on it yeah fair enough yeah i'll walk under a ladder if, if there's no one on it and I, I don't get it and i've never understood because i know people who have actually turned and gone the other way if a black cat has crossed their path either when they're walking or driving yeah you know and i'm like i'm not gonna let firstly you know because i don't believe it but secondly I'm not going to let a cat crossing my road mean I'm going to add 20 minutes to my journey. I don't want to get home, especially if I just live on the other side of where that cat crossed. <laughs> so do I, I think then in what, what we can do is probably split superstitions into two categories. I think there are superstitions that have come about as a result of avoiding what is either something just dangerous or a minor inconvenience anyway. So in that we can put walking under a ladder with somebody on it is dangerous. Putting shoes on the table is dirty. 
opening an umbrella inside gets water everywhere. And then you've got superstitions that are more so the ones where it's like, like we just talked about with the football, where we feel like we can affect something because of something completely unrelated that became a force of habit that we've associated with either good or bad. Well, and, and the thing is, right, I'm, you know, we're not here to either either criticise anyone if you do have this superstition or believe in this superstition or, you know, we're not trying to make light of it. But I'm just trying to get to the understanding of how people do, how these get passed down. Like, so I've got here, the, the ladder, I think, is number one in, in the UK. And it's like, do you know the origin of that? Why, why this has started? Oh, I'm not sure on the ladders. So this actually goes back to ancient Egypt. Oh, well. <laughs> so Egypt regarded the shape of the triangle as sacred since it was the shape of the pyramids. So since leaning a ladder against a wall forms a triangle, walking under one was considered to bring misfortune. Again, yeah, the ancient Egypt believed the space between the ladder and the wall was home to both good and bad spirits. And if disturbed, the spirits could get angry, which is why it was forbidden to walk under a ladder. So... And there's another little twist here on it is that some believe that since the ladder was rested against the crucifix, it is considered to symbolize wickedness and death. While there's no proof of what will happen when one walks under a ladder, the belief is that bad luck will follow them. So in both instances, it's all about spiritual and religious belief. Yeah, I guess that's how a lot of like the traditional ones will have stemmed then, won't it? Because I think, didn't we talk once in an episode about unlucky and lucky numbers or am I imagining that? Uh, we did, yeah, yeah. We and did. I can't remember what episode was that. Uh, it may be phobias, actually. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might have been phobias. And we did one on um, the fear of numbers. So we talked about how in Italy the number seventeen is unlucky, and that stems from Roman numerals being rearranged to turn around and say something like, "Oh, life is over," or "My life is over," meaning that you're going to die. And so as a result, that's why people stay away from the number seventeen. Which and and it's funny you say that now, right? Because I think it stemmed from, yeah, in that episode, we were talking also about Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. Now, how? what's your view on Friday the 13th? So if, if, if somebody tells you, you wake up and, and someone says, oh, don't forget it's Friday the 13th today, what's your view? Am, am I going to avoid any, any, you know, do I do any dangerous things on a, any particular given day? Is it going to promote me to avoid any dangerous thing that might be doing? No, probably You're not. You're chainsaw like, juggling. You're not yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. it on that uh, day. You know, yeah, yeah. So may, maybe I'll avoid, you know, going, going, going base jumping on Friday the 13th. No, no. I mean, day to day, no, it doesn't affect me. But again, it's because I don't really do anything that's high risk in my life, just as a standard anyway, I guess. But what about, and like I said, this isn't in a patch meant to be patronizing, but what about in your generation? Do, do you like your friends talk about it? Or when you were growing up, did anyone say that they, they were worried about Friday the 13th? Yeah, I think it's, it, if there's a Friday the 13th and somebody notices in the office, for instance, oh, it's Friday the 13th today, or next week's got to be Friday the 13th. And it's kind of like said as like a little omen thing. To, and, I, and I feel people bring it up because people that are superstitious that believe that Friday 13th is going to bring bad luck to them, I feel maybe bring it up in a lighthearted way before the event as more like a, a thing of comfort to say, oh, other people are acknowledging it. So it's fine because then if everybody realizes it's Friday the 13th, I'm sharing the the risk of something yeah. bad happening yeah. almost. Yeah. So yeah, 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 somebody does bring it up and then everybody's aware. It's like, okay, I've shared the bad luck out. But yeah, it, it, it does get raised in like the workplace, I guess, amongst people my age. The only time I remember something bad happening once on Friday the 13th was when I was working in, in my dad's shop this was years ago, right? And I never forget that it had the cash register and under the cash register kept certain bits and pieces. So I remember I had to crouch down to pick something up 
And as I stood up, I hadn't realized the cash register had been opened to serve a customer. I literally <laughs> smacked my head right under the cash register. But then you think, yeah, but that could happen any day. The fact it happened on Friday the 13th, you then want to attribute it. Yeah. Are people attributing a cause to bad things? Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, in reality, you should have just been more careful. You're like attributing what is like a little bit of an embarrassing moment for you to something out of your control because then it's like, oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Friday the 13th thing is an interesting one because I've always said to people who said that they don't like us, I've always said, why? Are you religious? Because it's got a religious background to it. So one explanation is the unlucky nature of the number 13 originated with a Norse myth about 12 gods having a dinner party in Valhalla. The trickster god Loki was not invited, arrived as the 13th guest and arranged for Hur to shoot Balder with a mistletoe-tipped arrow. Balder died and the whole earth got dark. The whole earth mourned. It was a bad, unlucky day. So the, this major event in Norse mythology caused number 13 to be considered unlucky. Now, in Christianity seems to relate to the story of Jesus's last supper and crucifixion in which there were 13 individuals present in the upper room on the 13th of Monday Thursday the night before his death on Good Friday so again a religious thing now the funny thing is and this is what I'm trying to say about is it sometimes used to not control people I think did you say earlier it's about keeping people doing certain things I think that's what you said isn't it yeah adults yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because linking into something you said earlier, right? Friday in Italy, Friday the 17th is a bad luck day, right? Because of the number 17. And the reason that's come is because 17 in Roman numerals is XVII. And if you shuffle those around, so again, you see how, how vague we're getting. If you shuffle those around, <laughs> you get v, VIXI, which means I have lived, implying death at present, an omen of bad luck. In Italy, 13 is generally considered a lucky number. But this is the line that really stood out for me. Due to Americanization, young people now are considering Friday the 13th unlucky as well. In Italy? Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying is about how you can, I don't want to say the word condition, but it's almost like a um, a mass, uh, what's, what's the word? Like we say about the Mandela effect, not hysteria, but you know, a mass consciousness all think the same thing. Like Friday the 13th is unlucky over there, yeah. so it must be unlucky. And I'm going to think that. The fact that it's Friday the 17th there and not the, the 13th, but they're now starting to believe that is is amazing. Yeah, it kind of like is like what becomes what is like a social construct through like the belief and, and spreading of that belief. It becomes something that then society collectively believes in. And to kind of echo this, in North Carolina, according to the Stress Management Center and Phobia Institute, an estimate 17 to 21 million people in the United States are affected by the fear of Friday the 13th, making it the most feared day and date in history. Some people are so paralyzed by fear, they avoid their normal routines. And it's been estimated that between 800 to 900 million US dollars is lost each Friday the 13th. See, that one is a crazy one to the point at which it's having like huge economic effect on that. Because when we were, when I was looking at the um, stuff on the 17th in Italy, like Air Italia doesn't have row 17 on its planes. Hotels don't have a room 17. Um, and I know that we talked about this in a previous episode where we talked about like the effect that superstitions and that sort of thing have. Again, so let's say that, for instance, flight numbers, again, or models of cars, for instance, got rid of the number 17. So I think there's no, there's not a Peugeot model 17 or something like that. They made it like the 107 or something. 
But to think that, let's say that there's a flight number that you specifically don't have because it's got the number 17 in it, the chances of a plane, like, you know, having any form of accident nowadays is literally like one in however many millions of flight takeoff every year. So what are the chances of the flight specifically with the number 17? But you know that in the event that that did happen, you would create what would then at that point for society would be a justified fear, wouldn't you? Yeah, because could you imagine the anger of uh, the public would be turned on the airline for doing that rather than saying it's a tragic accident? Absolutely. Uh, That's what it is. So you'd have airlines or businesses know that there's nothing wrong with putting the number 13 in a lift or a number 17 because there are a number of lifts that don't have 13 the 13th floor do they or 13th <laughs> yeah bus. yeah yeah that's it because if they did and somebody pushed the 13th floor and then and then the lift got stuck or something happened it's almost like they'd be culpable it, it, yeah it's, yeah absolutely it's, it's crazy sorry i did forget to say that about a ladder you can reverse bad luck from walking under a ladder you keep your fingers crossed until you see a dog or you walk backwards under the ladder and take the opposite route <laughs> amazing i love it so i love how you can make the mistake walk under the ladder and be like oh fuck we we can get this back (laughs) it's like the rewind button in forza (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) umbrella open opening umbrella indoors again comes from ancient egypt because the umbrella was primarily used for protection from the hot rays of the sun so opening an umbrella indoors away from the sun was disrespectful and would anger the sun god, who would take his anger out on everyone in the house in which the umbrella had been opened. If you've noticed, though, do you see how when you look at the origins of all of these superstitions based on beliefs at the time, they are perfectly reasonable, logical explanations? So obviously the Egyptians believed that there were gods for everything. And so as a result, particular things were sacred. And like even when you mentioned the number 13 with Christianity and the story of um, Jesus... At the time, they're perfectly reasonable. But again, as society's progressed, we don't associate those things with those religious stories anymore or um, particular cultural beliefs from thousands of years ago. So why is it that it's just always persisted? I think there's one of two things. I think, like I said, my parents, I'm not going to say my parents were overtly religious, but you grew up in in like the, the Catholic house. And, you know, they, they've got their own superstitions that came from Italy. And as a kid, you kind of tend to believe it. And you then probably add it. Some superstitions were kind of enforced for safety reasons, maybe. You yeah. Know, like trying to keep kids away from certain things. They used to say ghost stories, stop the kids going into to the forest at night because they didn't want them <laughs> escaping after dark and, and getting hurt in the woods or something. Do you know what I mean? So they made up <laughs> ghost stories. For me, the biggest thing about opening umbrellas is is probably more often than not to stop breaking things i mean they're they're violent umbrellas they've got those metal little spikes at the end (laughs) yeah this is the thing i feel like again most superstitions in reality are just to avoid minor inconveniences that at some point have definitely fucked someone off so you know there's the, the the modern translation of that superstition is that somebody opened an umbrella knocked some 15th century vase off of a table and then all of a sudden the story (laughs) was spread that you shouldn't be opening umbrellas inside but then there are the variations on it so the umbrella one some people don't believe it's bad luck or or it's only in certain instances if it's bad luck so it's only bad luck to open an umbrella if the umbrella was a gift the umbrella has never been used outdoors or there's a sick person in the house yeah yeah and if you drop an umbrella, never pick it up yourself. You should ask someone to pick it up for you. I mean, do, do you see what I mean? It's these, 
these little oddities around it that this is what I don't get. And like, like I said, you know, my brain is finding it hard to to kind of rationalise certain things that we've said we do, like footballers or sports fans and the knock on wood one. Those are stemmed from superstitions, but we do it. We do it without thinking. But the ones like this seem unusual. Okay, then let, let me ask you a question then, because would you say that you're a particularly superstitious person? No, I haven't been for years. Okay, then let's let's say something then. Let's say that me and you for a video decided to go out and film ourselves walking under ladders, opening umbrellas indoors. Um, what other ones did we say? Did we talk about that were particularly common? God, I've gone completely breaking the mirror. Breaking, yeah, breaking mirrors. Would you, if we filmed that video and then, for instance, let's say that you scraped your car in a car park or something the next week, would you, do you think that reasonably you would link you doing that video with me where we took the piss out of it, you would link you scraping your car to the fact that you did all of those things? I would say no, because one, I've scraped my car. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was just your fault. (laughs) No, no, but because, basically, like I said, I know rationally that a lot of these they shouldn't guide you like I do walk under ladders we open umbrellas indoors a lot you know because sometimes when you've had to bring it in to dry it off I've bought them in so I've done I've done these things I think would I look to blame it on that so I've got a reason to say it happened maybe (laughs) but I wouldn't think it was caused by it What, what about you yeah I feel like what it does is again it kind of links me to the thing of like either people losing the reasoning as to why something happened. So it's almost taking the responsibility off of your shoulders. I would say no. If I scrape my car in a car park, it's because I haven't fucking looked where I'm going. Um, You know, (laughs) but but again, would some people turn around and say, oh, well, you did take the piss by turning around and walking under ladders. You would get that reaction. Now, would the reaction from other people as a society turning around and putting those beliefs on you then affect your judgment? I think yes. So imagine if you had people that then came and said to you, well, you did turn around and make that video where you did this and did that. All of a sudden, would those opinions then have an effect on your belief of whether or not it had an effect? I think it probably would. What I thought you would say and what could happen is I wonder if, say, we did that video and then we go our separate ways and driving home and you have a minor scrape then. Could it be that it's playing on your mind as you're driving home in the back of your mind? Could you be thinking, oh, yeah, I've done all these yeah, things that are supposedly yeah. bad luck? And could that make you lose a bit of concentration or could that make you scrape? the wall as you're turning the car into the driveway could it have a subconscious effect on you <laughs> yeah i think that's probably true i think in reality it's probably something that would then distract you whenever you did anything that you thought might be remotely some sort of risk it probably then immediately overcomes your mind and you think oh well if, if something did happen and then all of a sudden you're not paying attention to something it's like no but the thought in and of itself and the kind of paranoia that you've created in your own mind is actually the causal link for that it's just normally when you do do bad stuff, I can't blame it on walking under a ladder or opening an umbrella. It is my own stupidity or <laughs> own uh, clumsiness. The breaking of a mirror, that comes from Roman times. Okay. Yep. It stems from Roman law that every seven years life would renew itself and any broken parts of your life, such as health issues, would be fixed. So if a mirror smashed and your image was the final thing it reflected then you'd have to endure seven years of misfortune before the curse ended and your good luck was renewed so again (laughs) that kind of makes sense in what you were saying about i can i can understand why people were doing it then yeah yeah absolutely but did you know how they overcome the bad luck from that 
No, go on then. Here we go. <laughs> you collect the shattered pieces, you bury them by the light of the moon, or you took a fragment to a graveyard and you touched it against the tombstone. I love this, though. From wherever I, I picked this from, it said, however, we suggest that none of these options is advisable nowadays. So... <laughs> <laughs> but again i feel like the whole touching a glass to, the glass to the gravestone thing just a random gravestone any kind of gravestone to me yeah, that's some yeah. like demon summoning kind of shit going on right there but when i found out about this i actually kind of liked the reasoning behind it and it made sense because i always thought why seven years i remember as a kid they were saying seven years and i thought seven years is quite arbitrary i mean why not five years and why not 10 years <laughs> yeah like, what why not linking to the other bad luck thing bad bad luck thing with the mirrors oh sorry with the uh number 13 why it not being 13 years bad luck <laughs> yeah i oh, know don't make it longer <laughs> well yeah i, I kind of just want to go through a few more and then we could go back to general experience because i know we've got we've probably more we can chat about but actually the, i've got the knock on wood here now and so having to think about what we said now have you got a guess of where knock on wood to stop bad luck could come from is it got something to do with like death and coffins i like the thinking it actually this one came from pagan cultures such as uh, the celts who believed that spirits and gods resided in trees knocking on tree trunks may have served to rouse the spirits and call on their protection but it could also be a way of showing gratitude for good luck Okay, yeah, that one, yeah, again, another, I should have taken the religious route with that one. I was thinking maybe like knock on wood, it's like uh, you, you knock on your coffin if you were buried alive or something, and so as a result, you know, you'd be saved, and it was knocking on wood was the thing that saved your life. Another theory is that people knocked on wood to chase away evil spirits or prevent them from listening in, so how do the spirits know which one you were, if you were either after them for good luck or bad luck? <laughs> Christians, meanwhile, have often linked the practice to the wood of the cross from Christ's crucifixion. So again, we've got that coming into it. Yeah. I found this one interesting. So you know when people spill salt, they throw it over their shoulder. Do you know why that one is? I've got no idea why you do that. It's a waste <laughs> of fucking salt. <laughs> again, goes back to uh, the Last Supper, supposedly. And you'll see that in that Judas Iscariot has knocked over the salt with his elbow. Because Judas betrayed Jesus in the Bible, people began associating salt with lies and disloyalty. Now, why is it the shoulder and the left one? Is because uh, some Christians believe that the devil hangs around on your left shoulder. So if you've spilled the salt, why not take advantage of it and throw salt to blind the devil on your left shoulder? <laughs> you know what? I've actually just Googled a picture of the Last Supper and now I've seen exactly what you mean. Because he has spilled a container of salt. Yeah, yeah. Another theory is more to do with etiquette than warning off bad luck. Salt was expensive in, in ancient times, so so precious that it was seen as a currency. And spilling salt was tantamount to throwing away money, and only the devil would cause someone to act with such foolishness. Uh, <laughs> tossing a pinch over your shoulder would blind the devil and make him think twice about trying to trick you. kind of like this one, just that the link both to the Last Supper and to the devil being on your shoulder <laughs> see uh, yeah again and and similarly at a time at which this would have been in proper practice and the reason as, as to why the original reasoning kind of you know makes sense when you look at you know religious belief at the time and and what people would have thought so again like logically it makes sense back then and so i'm just going to mention one more and then i'll i'll reel off the others because you mentioned do you say you're, uh you mentioned about the magpie at the start the magpies you? yeah yeah Right, so for anyone listening, obviously, yeah, we, we know the, the, the birds, the magpies, and there is a poem here, so it's one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, 
Five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told, eight for a wish, nine for a kiss, ten a surprise you should be careful not to miss, eleven for health, twelve for wealth, thirteen beware it's the devil himself. So again, we've got the devil popping up in this. And it's one for sorrow. Now, there is a thing, and I worked with a guy who did this, and he would do it all the time. If you see a solitary magpie, they think it's bad luck because of that thing, one for sorrow, because they often say magpies should be in pairs, so it's lost its mate, so something bad has happened to it. So if you see a solitary magpie, it's a bringer of bad luck. So you have to salute the magpie. You have to say, good morning, general, or good morning, captain. Then you say, good morning, Mr. Magpie, how is your lady wife today? Or you could say, good morning, Mr. Magpie, how are Mrs. Magpie and all the other little magpies? Or you could say, Jack, how's your brother? <laughs> Doff your hat, spit three times over your shoulder, blink rapidly to fool yourself into thinking you've seen two magpies or flap your arms like wings and call loudly to mimic the magpies missing mate. Now, a guy I worked with did do the salute and said, good morning, Mr. Magpie, when he saw it every time. <laughs> I'm just thinking as well now with the link. Do you know, did you say it was 13 for the devil? Yeah. Okay, number one, uh, how are you counting the fucking magpies that quickly before they fly away <laughs> that you realise there's 13? But, you know, ignoring that inconvenient practicality, do you reckon that the 13 then potentially might have some sort of um, religious link? So for the devil himself, 13, if you think about the Last Supper, there was 13 yeah. men at the table. Yeah. One of them didn't belong. So is there reasoning? Is that reasoning for the 13? I, I think so. I think that's where it links in. It doesn't say it. Yeah, like you said, primarily here, you would never see that many um, in it. So it is it is the one for sorrow. I just, when I see magpies, they're generally trying to rip something off the guttering or something because they like to take things, I think, to make their nest, don't they? Yeah. Um, can I tell you now, in reality, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between a magpie and a fucking pigeon. I just don't know how birds work. So I'd, I've probably oh, gone past work. loads of, yeah, I've gone, I've gone past, <laughs> gone past loads of solitary magpies before probably without even having an understanding that I've walked past one. So, you know, it's one right. that doesn't affect me. It's why it's good to be ignorant with animals because I can't <laughs> yeah. be affected by these superstitions. They're those black and white ones. And I think they've got the long tail. Anyway, oh, they, right. they, they, they look really gonna... nice, actually. Somebody's going to point uh, a magpie out to me properly and then I'm like, oh, thanks for that. Fucking hell. Now I've got to do all this bullshit when I see one. <laughs> only if you see one on its own. Only if you oh, see well, one on its so. own. Right. The other ones I'll, I'll quickly mention. Crossing the path of black cat, we said. We've got walking over three drains, which you mentioned. Owning a lucky rabbit's foot, which I find odd because that's <laughs> lucky. Uh, the other one you said earlier about stepping on cracks, but that came from a, a, lo a slightly longer rhyme saying stepping on cracks will break your mother's back. Crossing your fingers for good luck was supposedly bad. Not telling someone your birthday wish or it won't come true. Oh, sorry. These, I think, sorry, some of these are, um, some of these following ones aren't necessarily bad luck, but it's how to protect yourself from luck. Sorry. So walking over three drains, owning a lucky rabbit's foot, stepping on cracks will break your mother's back. Crossing your fingers to ward away bad luck. The thing, and I remember this, not telling someone your birthday wish or it won't come true. I mean, there's no <laughs> no reason for that, right? <laughs> it's just like, oh, don't tell us what it was. Don't you make a wish. Don't yeah. tell us what it was. Do you know where that came from? That came from someone turning around and said, yeah, I wished I got this for my fucking birthday because they didn't. <laughs> and then the family would just say, oh, don't tell us your wishes anymore. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> This one I always remember, like my mum used to say. So this is uh, itchy palm meant money's on the horizon. <laughs> a bird pooing on you is good luck, and I swear people only say that to make the person feel 
less bad. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Eating cheese before bed gives you bad dreams. Not putting new shoes on the table. Now you mentioned this, and I only found out about this one. I went to see a play, uh, Blood Brothers, and it's in that, and it, yeah. it's a northern thing, I think, north north of England. So I don't know if it's if it's a thing in other countries, but I read that it might stem from that. In the north, when a miner died, they would put the shoes on the table as a sign of respect. Okay. So if you're doing that, you might be tempting death. Right, right, okay. Oh, yeah, people make a wish on a wishbone. Yeah, 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 (laughs) God, yeah, break a wishbone. (laughs) Shooting stars. Yeah, finding a penny is good luck and saying God bless you when someone sneezes. So these are all kind of superstitious things that people either do to, that might either bring on bad luck or... Or prevent bad luck. But, so those are the common ones in the UK. <laughs> and I've got some after from our friends over at Sugar Coated. This has come from Karen. She said, don't wash blankets in May or you'll wash a loved one away. <laughs> don't put shoes on the table. It invites death in your house. So there you go. It, has, it is on the other side of the pond. Don't put hats on the bed. It brings bad spirits when you sleep. Never put your purse on the floor. Your money will leak out. If a broom falls, that means company is coming and say rabbit, rabbit, rabbit first thing on the first of the month to bring good luck. <laughs> can safely say I've not really done any of them. Yeah. So um, thanks, Karen. But I haven't won yeah. the fucking lottery yet. So maybe, you know, maybe there's something to it. But we do pinch punch first day of the month here. You have yeah, to do that before. Person, yeah. yeah. So on the first of the month, before midday, you have to pinch someone on the arm, punch them and say uh, pinch punch first day of the month. No returns, right? Yeah, no returns. Again, just an excuse to kick the shit out of someone, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so so what what else have you got to say about superstitions? Um, so I had some more like old kind of like wives' tale Italian ones, really. And I don't know if you ever heard this one when you were younger, but it was about witches. Um, and it was about broomsticks near um windows. No, I've not heard that one. So to prevent witches coming to your home and like stealing you as a child, basically, what you would do is you'd put a broomstick at the window and the witch, if she comes to the window to try and get you, so you put it to the entrances of the doors and in order to stop the witch getting to you, that's why you do it because they have to count the broomstick bristles and what they do is they get bored and piss off because it takes them too long. And I'm not joking, that's that's actually the logical thing behind it as well. Um, and I always just thought that that one was really weird. Like, at what age did you stop putting a broomstick by your window? At what point did somebody even even think that that was a reasonable thing? I can't actually find anything online. So maybe it's just an our family's weird thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always remember that one sticking with me because thinking I've never put a, a broomstick by my window and I've never been kidnapped by a witch. I've never heard that. No, I've not. No, no. Yeah, that one's always weird. Obviously, in Italy, we've got the evil eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, like, like it basically, if, if you're Italian and you get a headache, you've not got a headache because you're dehydrated or because you didn't sleep enough last night. You've got a headache because somebody's, like, spoken badly of you. Yeah. yeah. And there's, like, it, different isn't it stages funny, though? to it. So, isn't it funny how you're talking about this? I'm starting to feel quite weird because this is stuff that I grew up with, but now I'm starting to think, you know, I'm glad Lou's talking about this rather than <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's actually in Italian. It's called malocchio, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and so basically it just it just means like that somebody's talked bad about you or somebody's like envious of you, I think in reality is what it what it really is. Yeah. Um and there's you know various rituals and that sort of thing that I won't talk about here because you never know. Yeah. Um that, that people do to get rid of it. And obviously it gives you like a headache, doesn't it? Yeah, headache yeah. or migraine. That's often it, yeah. what was the symptom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because headaches again don't exist in Italy in the traditional <laughs> sense that we see them in the UK. Um, yeah. charms are obviously oh, quite yep, a yep. popular thing in Italy. So if you look at any Italian person that might wear some form of like chain or pendant or something, they might have a pair of scissors on them. And that's because scissors are used in rituals to get rid of the evil eye. There's the one, and I don't know exactly what it's for. It's the hand with the first and small finger. Yeah. Poking yeah. out. And I think that that's what you do because is that like warding off evil spirits? It's like I a rock star is, pose, yeah. is the way that we would yeah. say. I'm doing it to Dan now, but obviously yeah. you can't see me rocking out with Ultra my good luck. Voice. Ultra good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. I've got all of the good luck, yeah, warding off the evil spirits from our super. But they will episode. do that in real life. Like sometimes if someone or someone they haven't liked has walked past or they think is going to give them the malocchio or the bad eye, they will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Preve- that preventatively. Sign, <laughs> yeah. So they can't see it though. So they can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and is it the um, horns as well? Yes. Well, I think that's what it is. I think that's what that sign is supposed to be. Because it's yeah. supposed to resemble. Yeah. So I think, like, again, like, people will say it's a pepper, but it's not actually a pepper, is it? Oh, that one. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. And, um, again, like, people will wear, like, a, a, a horn on your necklace. And what that does is, again, it keeps away the evil eye because it's just, like, some form of lucky symbol. And, again... If it, I remember when um, Nonna, sorry, when my grandmother, <laughs> for all the Italians out there, great shout out, um, when my grandmother, or Dan's mum, went to Italy, yeah. um, she brought me back like a little like charm that goes on your key ring, which was like a horn to turn around, but like, oh, this keeps evil spirits away. She Make never sure got you me put it one. On your... <laughs> <laughs> she never got me one. No, do you know what it was? I was still young and impressionable at the time. <laughs> and that, that is exactly it. They will wear those charms on a chain. Uh, you know, so it's close to their chest, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It... See, and and you know what? I mean, to be fair, I've got I've got all three of those charms, and I've I've never have headaches. I never have headaches, and <laughs> I can tell you now, there's definitely a lot of people chatting shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a a fair few like kind of like variations on the Italian ones. Again, the number thing is the seventeen. Um, I think we did talk about this in a previous episode that it's so extreme that hotels don't have number 17s. They don't have 17th floors. Air Italia doesn't have um, row 17 or seat 17. A lot of Italian football clubs have actually retired to number 17 because they do not want players wearing it. Because in the event then that something goes wrong with them, they're going to blame the fact that they wore that number. But yeah, some some very strange things. Do you you remember anything when when, when we were young, when you were young? No, you've just reminded me the big one was the Malocchio, the evil eye. That was the main one because I used to then remember there were certain things to do to to counter that if someone was suffering from the, the evil eye, you know, you'd get someone around to, to dispel it. And like you said, you remind me, all basically everything you said has reminded me. I've just seemed to have forgotten them. There's a couple of other really like weird food ones. So I think that there's one like with bread, which I think I've heard um, my grandmother talk about um this is my other grandmother not dan's mum grandmother um, and um i think it's about like having bread but you have to like if you place a loaf of bread on a table you have to put it like face up in a particular way because putting it upside down is bad luck um, and then there's one about lentils do you ever remember that one no no so it's like you have to eat lentils on january the first and new year's eve 
And I remember my mum talking about this one and saying, why do, because I think, again, my, my dad's mum always used to make like a lentil dish around New Year period. And my mum was always really confused by it because it just didn't make any sense. And that's one that then we found out was actually like an old, again, like Italian wives superstition, basically. Also, because in Italy, it's very regional, isn't it, over there? Sort of, I, I say more so than here. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So I think that I reckon in Italy, you get a lot more variation up and down the country um, yeah. as opposed to like the the collective ones with the numbers and that sort of thing. But a lot of them translute as well. So, you know, black cats, again, aren't a particularly good thing in Italy. Um, walking under ladders is still a thing that's seen as a bit taboo in Italy. Whether these are rubbed off from other countries or not is another thing to be said. However, again, one with the rooted in religion um, this is one that I've never really heard about and we've never practiced as a family. Uh, but one of them was having 13 people sitting at a table. Um, and that one is obviously rooted in the um, Last Supper because there was 13 people seated at the table and Judas was the 13th and final person to be seated. So if you ever find yourself sat down at a table and you're not the 13th person to sit down, you should be fucking wary of the person that is. <laughs> That's almost the same thing as Friday the 13th, isn't it? But I was laughing earlier when you were saying that because what do you do to that? Do you not invite a family then because they're odd number and they're going to make it 13? Do you not invite that person on his own? Or if you invite that, you have to then invite another person to make it up to 14. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I read it's either a, a hotel or like a restaurant in London or somewhere where if you are going to be like a party of 13 or something, they add a fake 14th person to the table i've seen this recently and it's doing my head in i can't remember where i saw it that one's brilliant as well because that's the restaurant owners being like now we're not having none of that shit in here (laughs) but you know going back to the lentil one why is it never like cheeseburger or pizza yeah yeah. why is it yeah why is it not you know you eat 12 slices of pizza and you're going to become a millionaire or something why is it lentils like what 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 Oh, yeah, but you know the Italy understand. one, actually, the, the 17th, right? Something that you reminded me of saying. So, you know, there's a film called, you know, it's one of those parody films. It's called Shriek, If You Know What I Did Last Friday the 13th. Yeah. In Italy, it was called Shriek, I impegni per venerdì di Giacetti, which is Shriek, Do You Have Something to Do on Friday the 17th? So that's how, how ingrained it is there. So they even changed the things because it wouldn't have the same impact. If, if they just called it the Friday the 13th. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it, again, it's really weird how like society collectively creates rules around these superstitions to kind of like make them um, even more ingrained and worse than they already are. Do you ever think as well that because we're kind of like, pre, I feel like maybe as like humans, we're like predisposed to like fearing bad things, aren't we? You know, nobody ever wants bad yeah, things to happen, yeah. do you? So do you just feel that, when somebody mentions a new superstition to a person, again, I'm not superstitious, don't buy into any of it. But when somebody mentions something that's superstitious to somebody that's superstitious and it's something new that they've heard, do you think that that person immediately takes it on board and superstition is widespread enough in society that it just progressively snowballs into becoming like a widely accepted superstitious thing? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it can happen anymore. I think because of, the internet and because of social media you can do a lot more research yourself so like now if 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 i was to say to somebody or someone was to say to me oh do you know walking under a ladder's bad luck i'd probably go straight onto google and look walking under why is walking under a ladder bad luck and then see it's related to ancient egypt 
and think, well, that's ridiculous. So I, I just don't know if it could spread now. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's... Is there something modern, I wonder? Yeah, is there, yeah I, don't, I don't know if there's any superstitions that I've only kind of like discovered as an adult that stem from something that's like, you know... Um, I, I only know, do you know, like people tell you the scary stories about not saying like um like rituals in mirrors and you see it in films but barring yeah. that like the whole like bloody mary thing or something like that i like macbeth as well wasn't it macbeth, yeah 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 yeah, macbeth, yeah yeah you yeah, can't say yeah, it yeah, scottish yeah. play yeah um, yeah. yeah don't say Candyman three times in front of a mirror <laughs> <laughs> um i actually did I guess, find sorry i was sorry, gonna go say on. the only modern one i know is make sure you clean your cookies and browsing history when you but i think that's <laughs> that's not so much bad luck but that's for other things but um, I actually did find a um, superstition survey, which was conducted by um, a professor, Richard Wiseman, um, and he was from the University of Hertfordshire in their psychological department. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he basically had a summary of the findings of his study. So he found that in the UK, the Scottish were the most superstitious, followed by the English, the Welsh, and then the Northern Irish, which again kind of harkens back to there must be some sort of cultural aspect to superstition as a whole um, and the reasons as to why people are superstitious. Um, And they turned around and said that typically people that were superstitious and confirmed as superstitious in this study tend to worry about life a little bit more and have a strong need for control and a low tolerance for ambiguity. Which again, kind Makes of sense, like yeah. strengthens the point that I had about people wanting to have a sense of control over something they don't have a sense of control over. Like when we talked about something as silly as the football, we feel like by doing some sort of ritual, like you said, with the beer or the, or eating a particular food or whatever it might be, that you then are exercising some form of control over that thing. I was going to say on a serious note about this, so what do superstitious people, though, if, if you're avoiding doing a lot of the things we've said, but bad luck, bad luck's going to happen to you, right? You can't, you can't outrun bad luck, depending on how little it is or how big, you know, big it is. So how, how is it? I wonder how it's rationalised then to that person. Yeah, yeah. It, I feel like there's not been enough, like, psychological assessment of superstition in reality, has there? Do you or have you ever believed in star sign as well? You know, the oh, um, no. horoscopes. Oh, fuck yeah. no. <laughs> But I wonder if there is a correlation between superstitious people and people that believe in the horoscopes. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's probably a good point, to be fair, because the horoscopes, again, are like written by whatever and says, oh, you're due good fortune today. Oh, my God, you're going to, you know, have terrible loss this month or whatever it might be. Um, but I'll be but... honest with you, because obviously when I was young, again, they were, they were always in the papers and stuff like that. I'd, you'd, you'd have a look. If it was something good, I'd think, oh, yeah, that's going to happen to me. If it was bad, I'd, I'd ignore it. But if it was so positive, I was thinking, yeah, that's going to happen to me. It never did, obviously. <laughs> but it's like, again, what does being born on a certain day of a certain month and depending on how what the kind of horoscope of a certain year, how can that dictate the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly. what I don't get. That's what I don't get. And like I said, obviously, not, not making light or anything. So if, if people are are into this and believe it, yeah. Drop us a drop us an email. 
You, you know what? If there was some sort of statistic that said that people born in December were more likely to live 15 years longer, then yeah, fine. Let's, let's believe in superstitions in that capacity. But until there's evidence that supports a notion like that, then no, I'm perfectly being content being the more born in the month that I was born in, to be fair. Yeah. Um, this study, in actual fact as well, talked about a couple of the superstitions that we've mentioned already and the percentage of people endorsing each superstition. So we've got touching wood, fingers being crossed, avoiding ladders, smashing mirrors, carrying charms, and the number 13. Um, I don't know if you can remember all of them. Of them, which one do you think topped out as the percentage of people endorsing it the most? What, to bring good luck? Or to avoid so, bad luck? So Yeah, so either to, just either to bring good luck or avoid bad luck. So we've got the number 13, carrying a charm, smashing mirrors, avoiding ladders, being fingers crossed or touching wood. I think it's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed came in at number two. Okay. Number one was actually touching wood with 74% of people huh. touching wood um, of the ones that were um, involved in the study. Fingers crossed came in second at 65%. Avoiding ladders came in at half the population with 50%. Only 39% of people believe that smashing mirrors brought bad luck. Uh, 28% of people carried a charm. And only 26% of people believe that the number 13 um, was uh, bad luck. So I was going to say touchwood, but you're not often near a tree or a table. But this goes back to what I said earlier, though, that certain things feel like they have, like fingers crossed. You say, oh, I'll keep your fingers, my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. If you say I'm going for an interview or, you know, I'm, I'm entering this competition, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. And again, you don't think, oh, my God, what they do. You take it, you accept it. And it's because it's become a normalized, a standardized part of our society, hasn't it? Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed is just a general thing of like oh you know i'm it's there's an emoji right yeah yeah this is the thing i think that some like the fingers crossed have now become a thing more so of it's it's just a, a symbol of support a, yeah it's yeah. a symbol of support as opposed to an actual superstition that you believe will genuinely create some sort of good fortune however do you know we talked about whether or not superstitions um have become uh, developed This psychological study touched on personal superstitions that people had. So there were more than 500 people that responded um, to the questions and to the just general thing that went out. And they talked about some of the more unusual superstitious behaviours and beliefs that were described and written back to the people that conducted this research. So I'll read a couple of them. And so (laughs) some of them are, again, very strange and can only to me be a case of somebody's experienced either something good or something bad that has then linked them to that behavior that had happened only just recently. So I always avoid staying in the bathroom once the toilet has been flushed. Hence what you've done. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) To me, that's what I thought as well. well. This one's strangely specific. I always draw a smiley face in a free pint of Guinness, which would indicate to me that you don't draw a smiley face in a paid for pint of Guinness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, how often you're getting free pints of Guinness, I'm not sure of. Um, well, this you're one, happy, so you draw a smiley face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. This one is, I always leave a house by the same door that I used to enter. Now, I think that this one might be just covering off the fact that you don't have to check any doors that you've opened if you've just Poss- walked into yeah, the house. Possibly. Do you know what I mean? Possibly. I think that that one probably kind of stems from something like that. 
Um, this one links to the 13. I never have the volume of my car stereo set to volume 13. And you know what? When we were talking about it, it's triggered me now because I know people who do not set their volume on their TVs or anything to 13 because they believe it's unlucky. A lot of people don't like doing it on an odd number. It's got to yeah. be an even number for a lot of people, which I don't get. I just want it at the right level. Yeah, I'm not fussed if it's 23 or 24. I just want yeah. to be able to hear it without it deafening me. If, if 13 <laughs> is the sweet spot, I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whenever I see a hearse, now this one's true, I think, of Italians as well. I've been with lots of Italian people, obviously, in my lifetime. <laughs> not in that capacity. Um, <laughs> been around lots of Italian people. And I've always found that Italian people, when a hearse goes by, if obviously Italian people are naturally, I would say, more religious than the average population in the UK, a lot of them make the sign of the cross when they see yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a hearse. And I don't know if it's a thing, if it's a superstition thing, if it's like warding away the fear, the fear of death, or it's just more so a respect thing. But I've always found that a little bit strange. It's a bit of both because they'll, they'll do it when you drive past a cemetery as well. Yeah, the, the oh, true, the holding the your breath. religious ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, holding your breath under um, tunnels and, and past cemeteries. That's another one, isn't it? Oh, I don't know that one. I don't know that one about holding the breath. Yeah, yeah I, I remember one? once when I was young, that's one that I did, uh, but only because I'd seen it on television. And I remember I was like going purple in the car. And my parents were like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? This tunnel goes on for like another two miles. It's a channel tunnel. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a channel. I'm like sat there 45 minutes, like just blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this one was, again, with respect to hearses. Whenever I see a hearse, I touch... <laughs> It's not funny. I touch my collar until I see a bird. The only reason I'm saying that is, imagine if you see a hearse in the car, how the fuck are you changing gear unless you're walking past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so that one that one actually drags up like really practical implications. And yeah, the study basically concluded that the range of behavior supports the notions that new superstitions are constantly developing and evolving and that there's no reason to expect superstition to decline in the near future. Uh, so I find that really interesting. And I, and as you said that, and it goes back to something I said, which I think encapsulates the whole episode, right? It boils down to the fact that even now, if, if you, you could say, tell it, you said you're not superstitious, right? Yeah. And you said you don't believe in horoscopes, right? Yeah. But you'd wish someone good luck, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just find that now is strange, the, the act of wishing someone good luck, because me saying that isn't going to give them any luck. Yeah, but yeah. is it going to make them feel good? Possibly. And if it's yeah. someone that, that loves you and you love, that may be the little edge that they need to do well at this thing. Yeah, I think that it's more so a morale kind of boost for the person that you're speaking to, because if you wish them good luck, they're going into it with a belief, especially if they are very superstitious, going into it with a belief that they will do well. And so as a result, confidence creates good results in any situation i think the flip side would be though that if you didn't say that they'd have bad luck or neutral yeah. luck do you see what yeah, i'm yeah, saying it's, luck, yeah, oh yeah. well yeah go to a job interview you like no nah, you didn't you fucker you didn't wish me good luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh cool so actually that was a, that was a really interesting conversation wasn't it it was, it was quite a good subject you know what it's, if, if, if we're going to finish up here as well because about the job interview thing it's just reminded me of a saying and i didn't know where the origin of the saying came from. So do you know when you go on to do something and somebody says, I'll break a leg? Yeah. More commonly used to refer to actors going for auditions. Apparently that saying comes about because the reason that you break a leg is because you end up in a cast. No, that, that makes sense. I like that. Unbel that, that Mind that, blown. Right that, yeah, honestly, I heard, I heard that the other day. I was like, no way. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. Mind blown. That's, what, that's, that's, that's a great way to finish. That's a great way to finish. <laughs> Have you got anything to say before we wrap up? No, no, 
no, nothing, nothing, nothing to finish on. Um, apart from the fact that I, I, I wish everybody listening to this episode a wealth of good luck. Absolutely, and all the best with your future endeavors this week. Until you hear us next week. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck from us. May this podcast bring you some good luck. <laughs> Before we go, yeah, as mentioned at the start, you should be catching us or you'll be able to catch us on the latest, well, it'll either be the current one or the next one, but the Cultworthy podcast where we talk about censorship. Oh, I had great fun doing it. So check it out. That'll be great. If you do like what you hear, please do leave us a, a rating or, or review where you can. And please do like, subscribe, make sure you get you get those uh, like and subscribe buttons selected so you don't miss an episode from us. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to miss another chat like this, would you? And we've got merch. So check out the merch. You'll see that on our LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Linktree page. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at castingviewspod at gmail.com or we are at castingviews on Twitter. And as always, we'll leave you with, we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get.